1: Hi, guys. I'm Monica Crowley, and this is the Monica Crowley Podcast. Thanks so much for joining me here on this Wednesday. It is hump day, halfway through. This is your go-to for hot liberty, a safe space for all of us thought criminals, independent thinkers, and happy warriors. Please check me out on social media. On Instagram, I'm at Monica Crowley underscore. And on Twitter and true social, at Monica Crowley. Also, send me an email about this show. Let me know what's on your mind, what's driving you nuts, your pet peeves for the complaint department. We haven't done that in a while, or just whatever has you tearing your hair out. The email address, Podcast at gmail.com. Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. All right. I know on Monday I ran out of time to cover Barack Obama and I really, really want to do that. And we're going to do that on Friday. I know, I know I said I was going to do it today. Um, but we have so much breaking coming at us, including, um, the primary results from yesterday, that I really want to make sure I showcase the Obama material because a lot of it, I, I think I'm the only one, at least as far as I know so far, who's pulled a lot of this together in terms of Barack Obama being the man behind the curtain, pulling the strings, and also his record, unclassified material, uh, and, and I've really pulled together an extraordinary amount of stuff, so I don't want it to get buried today. So we're going to do this on Friday. How's that for a tease? You got to join us every day here on the Monica Crowley podcast, but especially on Friday because Barack Obama has gotten away with it long enough. We need to talk about Obama. So that is going to be on Friday. Oh, and you know who else is coming up on Friday? Marjorie Taylor Greene. Okay, can I get a big round of applause for that? Yes, MTG is going to join us on the show to talk about everything from the Trump raid to the Democrats to passing Liz Cheney in the hallways. MTG, she is pure fire, and she's going to be here with us on Friday. So Friday, big, big, big show. Um, Today, I do want to talk about these primary results. Also, we're going to talk with the very smart and hilarious A.J. Rice about his new book called The Woking Dead, (laughs) which is a really great, funny takedown of the entire woke nightmare that's plaguing us. So that's going to be a really fun conversation. Stay tuned for that. And your emails coming straight up. First up, though, the Monica memo. Liz Cheney is Captain Ahab in blind, hysterical pursuit of her white whale, President Trump. Guess which one won last night? The white whale won. <laughs> Captain Ahab went to a deep, watery political grave known as the forty point loss. I saw someone on Twitter last night. They wrote, up to a 30-point loss is a shellacking. 30 points and beyond is a waterboarding. <laughs> exactly so. Um so Liz Cheney went down at a ball of flames last night, 40-point loss. Wyoming only has one congressional seat, so it really matters who holds it. And the people of Wyoming booted Liz Cheney from that seat, and they were like, bye, Felicia. Here's why Liz Cheney lost. Liz Cheney spends a lot of time talking about honor how President Trump has dishonored the office of the presidency, how she and her colleagues on the January 6th committee are just so full of honor in protecting our democracy. It's honor in every direction, honor here, honor there. Everything about her and her efforts is honorable. There was nothing honorable in being so consumed with a deep, seething hatred of President Trump, that you align yourself with the enemies within, the very people who are working around the clock to destroy our beautiful republic. There's nothing honorable about that. There's nothing honorable about denying your political enemies due process and leading a kangaroo court, a Stalinist show trial. There's nothing honorable in that. There's nothing honorable about anything Liz Cheney has done in the last couple of years because she is Captain Ahab absolutely consumed with this monomaniacal effort to destroy Donald Trump. Why? Because Liz Cheney went full establishment and you never go full establishment. She went full swamp. You never go full swamp. You know, last night uh, she gave this so-called concession speech. And before we get to one of her juiciest clips about this, another big reason why she lost is that she fundamentally misunderstood why people are so disappointed and furious with her, why Republican voters are just blind with rage, have this cold fury about her. She either doesn't see it or she doesn't want to see it. You know, at one point she said that winning would have required that she go along with President Trump's lie about the 2020 election and his ongoing efforts to unravel our democratic system and attack the very foundations of our country or something like that. No, that that's actually not true, Liz. There are plenty of Republicans who are winning their races where they don't go anywhere near Donald Trump. Ben Shapiro on Twitter uh, today, he pointed out the Glenn Youngkin case. I'm sure Glenn Youngkin isn't a giant fan of Donald Trump's, but he won the Virginia governor's race be- because he didn't go anywhere near Trump. He focused on the issues that mattered to the voters in Virginia. He did not go down this corrosive, destructive, disgusting, outrageous route that Liz Cheney went on. He didn't. Anyone. And there are plenty of other Republican candidates who are doing exactly that. You can run and maybe you get some questions about Trump. That's fine. You answer those. But you focus your campaign on the issues that matter to the voters, to whom you are going for their vote, to hire you. That's how you win. So winning for Liz Cheney would have just required her not aligning herself with the dark forces in this country trying to destroy the country and lumping all Republicans together, all conservatives together, all pro-Trump voters together with the January 6 rioters, the the ones who are violent Not the grandmas from Indiana also being denied due process, but Liz went in and did the sweeping generalization that anybody who even dreams about voting for Donald Trump in 2024, well, you're a fascist. You're crazy. We've got to destroy not just Trump, but all of you. Liz Cheney voluntarily and deliberately joined with those dark forces to make this argument to smear and attack literally half of the country, maybe more, not just this, not just about Donald Trump, guys. She deliberately and knowingly, she's a very smart woman. She's wrong, but she's very smart. She deliberately and knowingly went down this road to smear and attack Donald Trump's 75 million voters. And she joined with the enemies within in order to do that. She questioned the good faith Of her fellow Republicans, and let's face it, she's not a Republican anymore. I mean, if by the end of today she doesn't have a contract from CNN, I'll be shocked. She's going to run as an independent for president or something, switch parties to Democrat. I don't know. But while she still has an R next to her name, she was out there all day long, every day, all day, questioning the good faith of her fellow Republicans to the Constitution, She was questioning all of us. That's why she lost. I mean, there are a million reasons why she lost, but that was the overarching big one. And let's not lose sight of the fact that Donald Trump still has a very emotional hold on the Republican base. Emotional hold. Guys, It's not a political one. We talk about politics all the time, and we talk policy here on this show all the time. Donald Trump's policies were excellent. They delivered a thriving economy and world peace. So we talk about that, and people love the policies. Okay? And we talk about the the politics of all of this and how Trump is this excellent communicator, and is he perfect? Of course not. Nobody is. Certainly no presidents are. But Donald Trump has that one thing that they all try desperately to develop and spend a hell of a lot of money trying to do it, which is an organic tie to the American people, to the voters, certainly to their base. Donald Trump did it without lifting a finger. He just did it by simply being authentic. So that emotional bond which we did a whole show on this recently, which is basically the reason January 6th happened because the American people feel so strongly about Donald Trump, good and bad, but the people who feel very positively about Trump feel protective of him. It's an emotional dynamic here, not a political one or a policy one, an emotional one. Liz Cheney never understood that, or maybe she didn't, she didn't care. But in any case, down in a ball of flames, Liz Cheney made a choice, and now she has paid the price for that choice. I am not worried about her at all. Again, she'll have a CNN contributorship by the end of the day. She'll make a fortune in speaking engagements and sitting on corporate boards and all the stuff that all of us who served in the Trump administration have been denied because God forbid we actually solve America's problems. No, it's much hipper and cooler and, frankly, easier to be a Democrat and be on the other side, so she will be fine. The establishment, the swamp, is always fine. Here she is last night in what I guess is her concession speech, comparing herself to, wait for it, Abraham Lincoln. The great and original champion of our party, Abraham Lincoln, was defeated in elections for the Senate and the House before he won the most important election of all. Lincoln ultimately prevailed, he saved our union, and he defined our obligation as Americans for all of history. Speaking at Gettysburg of the great task remaining before us, Lincoln said that we here highly resolve that these dead shall not have died in vain that this nation under God shall have a new birth of freedom and that government of the people, by the people, and for the people shall not perish from this earth. As we meet here tonight, that remains our greatest and most important task. Breaking news, Liz Cheney is not Abraham Lincoln. More breaking news, Liz Cheney will never be president. Have a nice day. Guys, the other big story here coming out of this is that the Republican Party is now fully America first. It is the Make America Great Again Party. I'm not talking Trump here, although Trump is the he's the uh, banner carrier here. He's the symbol of it all. He started it. He rode the wave. He's likely to ride the wave going into 24. But the GOP is now fully America first. If you're not towing that America first line, get out. No more uni party, no more GOPE, meaning GOP establishment, no more swamp creatures, no more Bushes or Cheneys, no more dynasties. No, we're done. This is about Donald Trump, but it's not solely about Trump. It's about something much bigger. There is a political realignment that is still underway. It began in 2015 and 2016, actually probably before that, and Trump was clever enough to see it and then ride the tiger into office so he he's really done an extraordinary job in seeing the realignment which was already beginning and then giving it voice and putting it on steroids and then riding it into the white house and having four successful years of it but the gope the swamp they cannot stand this america first are you kidding them first and the great reset first Not us, not America. Forget it. But now the grassroots GOP voters have allowed their voices to be heard. They are smashing the entire corrupt establishment that joined with the Democrats to crush them. And Liz Cheney is the poster child for this. But it's not just Republicans joining this fight, guys. It's also independents and disaffected Democrats, too. The realignment... Continues and the very survival of this country is at stake. That's why I do this podcast every week. That's why I'm here, and I know that's why you're here too. The very survival of America is at stake, and that's why the establishment is going down because we see it. We are so far past the Liz Cheney's and the Jeb Bushes of the world. I mean, we're so far past them. We're, they're so far in the dust, they don't even know that they're in the dust. This is the new right. We don't play on their turf according to their rules. We don't accept their steamrolling of the Constitution, the rule of law, free market capitalism. We don't accept it. We don't accept their premises that they build into all of their dishonest, inaccurate uh, assertions about everything. Everything they say and do has these dishonest things built into them. We reject that wholesale. No more. No more. I've said it before, it bears repeating, especially after last night. The left, the establishment, the deep state, the swamp, they did not fear Donald Trump's failure, they feared his success. Because they knew if he succeeded, he was going to give rise to hundreds of America First candidates around the country. And that was going to be more difficult for them to dislodge than just one man, which they continue to do in Donald Trump. If the America First movement has footholds all across the country in everything from school boards to governorships, members of Congress, uh, U.S. senators, and yes, president again, they know that they have They might not be thoroughly screwed because they control so much, but they know that they've got a much more difficult challenge in knocking over this country. And what we saw last night with Liz Cheney's 40-point defeat, plus last week in Arizona with Carrie Lake, Blake Masters, the mini-Trumps are everywhere, and it's driving the left crazy. So they will lash out. So brace. We all have to be prepared for this. They know that we are not putting up with this anymore. No more being steamrolled by the Democrat communists. Welcome, Liz Cheney, to the new right. Oh, you were defeated by the new right yesterday. Oh, that's too bad. What a shame. Bye, Felicia. Back in a flash. Okay, everybody, listen up. We all want to be healthier, right? Well, to get there, we have to have a healthier diet, which is not always easy to do. I can attest to that. You know, that shredded lettuce in a double-double and the fruit filling in a donut are amazing, but they do not count toward the recommended five servings of fruits and vegetables a day. Sorry to be the one to break it to you, but they don't. I don't always eat healthy either, but I will share that the Mayo Clinic says if you want to help prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and cholesterol, eat five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. I don't, and you probably won't. That's why I take Field of Greens. Unlike other supplements, each fruit and each vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected by doctors to support your vital organs like the heart, lungs, and take Field of Greens. Let me get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. That's promo code MONICA at fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com. All right, guys, welcome back. In a couple of minutes, we're going to be joined by the very funny and very smart A.J. Rice with his new book out called The Woking Dead, which is a bitingly funny, but also really serious look at uh, the woke culture and how we defeated the Woking Dead. Yes, we are surrounded by woke zombies. AJ will be here to tell us all about how we can fight back. Um, But now I do want to cover something that kind of got lost in the shuffle. It's a very, very important story. Got lost in all of the coverage about the primaries yesterday. And I should mention that Lisa Murkowski out of Alaska. I mean, she has long outlived her usefulness as a useful idiot. Um, She has also advanced, but along with her America First challenger, Kelly Shabaka, um, they've advanced in Alaska, and so has Sarah Palin for the House seat there. So you go, Sarah Palin and Kelly Chewbacca. I mean, really, we've got to support these America First candidates to the hilt. Alaska has this weird jungle primary system where you get a bunch of candidates moving ahead. It's like ranked choice. It's it's a giant mess and should not be allowed to go forward, but unfortunately it is. So uh, there it is. All right. So I want to cover a very, very important story that, again, has gotten very little attention. There was this recall effort for the Los Angeles County District Attorney, George Gascon, who is a George Soros uh, radical progressive communist um, who is one of many that Soros has seeded across the country. There was a recall effort there in California. It's actually the second effort to force him out via recall But it didn't go anywhere. Let me just uh, report to you what the L.A. Times has reported. A second effort to force L.A. County District Attorney George Gascon into a recall election fizzled out on Monday after officials determined that the campaign to boot him from office failed to gain enough valid signatures. To put Gascon's job on the ballot, the campaign seeking his ouster needed to gather over 560,000 valid signatures by mid-July. The figure reflects 10% of the people who were eligible to vote in the election cycle when he won office in November 2020. The L.A. County Registrar Recorder County Clerk's Office said on Monday that about 520,000 of the signatures submitted were valid. While the campaign submitted roughly 715,000 signatures, some were inevitably going to be disqualified if they were signed by people who did not properly register to vote in L.A. County or if a registered voter signature didn't match the one on file with the registrar. In California, most recall drives see at least 20% of collected signatures disqualified. On Monday, the registrar's office said about 195,000 of the signatures submitted, roughly 27% were invalid. Most that were tossed out were either duplicates or submitted by people who were not registered to vote. Loathed by his own prosecutors and with Los Angeles facing a 15-year high in homicides, Gascon was particularly vulnerable to a recall, observers said. They saw Monday's result as an indictment of the campaign to oust him rather than a victory for the embattled district attorney. Okay, guys, a few things here. Really important points, so buckle up. First, They determined that 27% of the signatures were invalid. But across most of the hotly contested areas in the country in the 2020 presidential election, only about 1% were tossed. Hmm, figure that one out. Come on, man, 27% they're throwing out and they're like, oh, usually about 20% are bad and we've got to toss them. Well, if that in fact is true, then what were we doing in the presidential where they were saying, oh yeah, look at this really clean race, only 1% invalid. Come on, man. Second point, this is what they do. They rig elections. If you believe this result, I've got a bridge to sell you. After voters successfully recalled the San Francisco district attorney and Soros left-wing nutcase Chesa Boudin a couple of weeks ago, the forces in the Democratic Communist Party were never going to allow this to happen again. They've mobilized now to stop the removal of the other Soros backed prosecutors because pressure is ratcheting up against all of them Chicago, St. Louis, New York, everywhere, Philadelphia, everywhere there is a Soros backed prosecutor. Crime is through the roof, and the people who live there are saying, Oh, come on, you know, our quality of life is sucking salt here. We can't even walk on the streets without getting mugged. Come on. And so the pressure, political pressure, was starting to ramp up. And so they had to save Gascon as a way to send a signal to all of these other cities and the people in them, don't even think about it. Don't even think about challenging these prosecutors because you will lose. And we will make sure that you lose. Mark my words, these Soros DAs will never lose another recall. They'll make sure of it. You know what? This is like the 2016 presidential election versus the 2020 presidential election. They were caught off guard in 2016. And then Donald Trump becomes president and all hell breaks loose. So they vowed never again would they be caught off guard and allow Donald Trump to win again. So, of course, they rigged the 2020 election. The empire always strikes back. Liz Cheney said as much last night, vowing to work forever to stop Donald Trump from being in the Oval Office once again. You don't think if they've mobilized on that level, they're not going to mobilize to protect these DAs in these cities? They need them. Communists need chaos and violent mayhem in the streets in order to slam through their agenda and gain total control. That's why they will never allow another recall like the one that took out Chesa Boudin in San Francisco to happen again. Third point about this. There's a new report out that Hollywood celebrities are now hiring their own security or bulking up the security that they already have. Well, of course they are. Of course they are. And how nice for them To be rich enough to protect themselves while their poorer neighbors that they all the bleeding heart liberals there say that they really care about. Those poor neighbors are suffering with violent crime. I mean, just in LA, you've got this fifteen year high in homicides, all kinds of nonviolent felonies through the roof. On his very first day in office, Gascon ended cash bail for misdemeanors and nonviolent felonies. He also told his deputy DAs never to try juveniles as adults or seek the death penalty and to stop prosecuting people for first-time nonviolent misdemeanors. He also sought to put more convicted criminals in rehab rather than prison. And of course, you've got the revolving door of uh, bail reform, which sends them right back on the streets within hours. So the celebrities who live there who are rich and famous, they've got plenty of security. They've got walls around their property, but they don't want you to have the protection of the police because they're all, ooh, to defund the police. That's hot right now. Let's put that in my bio. So they're all for that. And they've got walls, but they don't want a wall on the southern border to protect you. In terms of these celebs, it's not hypocrisy. They don't care about hypocrisy. It's hierarchy. It's the political and cultural elites living their best lives while you suffer. This is the 21st century's version of let them eat cake. Final point about this, and this is a biggie. None of the Democrats in Los Angeles will begin voting Republican as a result of this. Number one. Democrats just don't connect their vote with the consequences of their vote. Number two, they're all culturally Democrat. In addition to politically Democrat, they're all culturally Democrat. And so they have been indoctrinated into believing that being a Republican is a fate worse than death. So they would rather live, listen closely to this, they would rather live with horrendous consequences like death, destruction, crime, higher taxes, open borders, cities in collapse, because number one, they have the money to get out of Dodge when things get really bad, leaving you to hold the pieces. And number two, politics has become so toxic and so tribal that they would rather vote for more destruction than be caught dead voting for the other side. That's where we are in America. How sick is that? But that's exactly where we are. It's a pathology. It's a mental illness. And that's that's half the country that we've got to contend with. All right, before we break, guys, listen up, because I want all of you to be as healthy as possible. We are in a war for this country, so we need you all at full fighting strength To get myself healthier, I am taking Field of Greens every day, and you should too. Field of Greens is packed with a full spectrum of essential vegetables and fruits, plus science-backed herbs and prebiotics. This is what I need to stay healthy, and you need it too. Field of Greens works fast and tastes so delicious. You'll have more energy, you'll look and feel healthier, and it can even help you lose weight. So join me and take Field of Greens, too. To help you get started, I got you 15% off your very first order and another 10% off when you subscribe for recurring orders. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. That's fieldofgreens.com, promo code MONICA. Field of Greens, promo code MONICA. We'll be right back with AJ Rice and The Woking Dead. Okay, guys, welcome back. I am so thrilled to have with me A.J. Rice. He is a madman, but he's also the CEO of Publius PR, which is a premier communications firm in Washington. He's there in the swamp in the midst of it all, fighting back almost single-handedly. He's also a longtime media producer, including producing my radio show several years ago, and he's also my longtime very good friend, I am very proud of him because he's produced this very important and very funny new book, which is a must-read. It's called The Woking Dead, How Society's Vogue Virus Destroys Our Culture. And he joins me now. Hey, AJ.
0: Hello, sister. I I told you I I always wanted to be uh, you when I grew up.
1: Well, Here I am. now you are. And listen, for the rest of everybody, AJ just called me sis because when we were working together on my radio show, I was big sis and he was my little bro because AJ, you, you, are. you really are the the little brother that I never had. So congratulations on this new book, little bro.
0: Thank you. I appreciate it. Now, someone told me that uh, today we were going to do our old segment. It was called Naked Wednesday, <laughs> where, we do, where we do the show, you know, in... Uh, in our little Caesar outfit or
1: something. <laughs> <laughs> so what AJ is referring to, and I kind of forgot about this, but when we were working together, I had a national radio show for for quite a while, and AJ was my top producer, and he suggested that in order to spice things up on the show, we did Naked Wednesdays. And so we told the <laughs> the audience that it was naked wednesdays and that i was naked aj was naked and so the audience therefore should be naked i don't think we could get away with that now right
0: now we can now everyone's got everyone's got uh, video cameras in their phones now but we were we were trying anything and everything to break down that fourth wall with the audience
1: well, and also, like we were ahead of our time on this wokeism stuff, because as I just said, I'm not sure we could get away with that now because the thought police, the speech police, the uh, Democrat communists, left wing nannies are out there all the time, and so they're also the fun police. So you couldn't do wit- Naked Wednesdays on a on a national radio show anymore, right?
0: No, I mean, look, and some of our some of our idols have, you know, some of the people that defined broadcasting um have complied you know people right. have complied i mean look i love howard stern he and i and rush limbaugh all have the same birthday but it's a, it's sad that you know rush isn't with us anymore and howard has become a company man so you know he's a company man he's following the rules now he once was punk rock he was the original you know him and joan rivers in the 80s and 90s they were you know, causing everybody to lose their mind. But now, you know, I guess he's uh, he's hung up his, you know, his controversy. And he's just a man that's uh, hosting Hillary Clinton now at his house.
1: Yeah, really. I mean, he's gone total establishment and he became what he always said he hated, which was the establishment, the man. And then I, I don't know if it's a function of his advancing age or the way the culture has changed or maybe both, or maybe he's just, you know, older, rich and happy and he doesn't care anymore about being on the cutting edge. But it really is a loss for society because Nobody now, none of these entertainers who always push the envelope are willing to do that anymore, AJ. I mean, Jerry Seinfeld came out recently you know in the last couple of years saying he can't do college campuses anymore because he's afraid yeah. and his humor his stand-up humor is very mild he's not oh, out absolutely. there dropping f-bombs and saucy kind of stuff i mean he's a very mild observational humor and he said even he's afraid to go out there and do this so where are what we mean, now as a culture which is the subject of your whole book
0: sure no and look we talk about the seinfeld example in the book um you know, uh, for Howard, I mean, this is somebody that his idol was Lenny Bruce. I mean, Lenny Bruce would be in Gitmo today. Joan Rivers, the very last section of the book, which I call an epilogue, is called What Would Joan Rivers Do? Where I imagine a scenario where she's alive looking at the Me Too movement, looking at Black Lives Matter, looking at men going in the women's locker rooms. Look, I mean, looking at all of it, even the Trump presidency. And he was her friend. She was a winner of The Apprentice. Um, I think she might have been the last celebrity winner of The Apprentice, either her or Geraldo before Trump became president and trying to imagine uh, seeing having her there. And remember, she was canceled, too. She was kept off to the night show for 20 years. Right. That's right. So, I mean, look, we we are dealing with the Nuremberg trials of our culture here. I call, you know, the Nuremberg trials of comedy, but really our culture, because the Woking Dead are everywhere and they are trying to suck our joy from everything, I mean, you've got a government that is using a medical virus to control us, and then you've got a culture where the government is part of a culprit, uh, Hollywood, uh, academia with the, you know, the, the uh, public school unions, or should I say the government school unions, and, uh, you know, the corporate media structure, they're trying to control our, you know, our culture, our language, it's a soft authoritarianism, and every day is like a little dress rehearsal see how much they can take from us before we'll scream. We'll take a little bit today. We'll take a foot tomorrow. Let's cancel, you know, let's pull Roseanne, see who freaks out. Let's replace Tim Allen with whoa, Captain America. Let's see who freaks out. Let's, you know, run, let's protest Dave Chappelle, see who freaks out. Let's raid the president's house, see who pops their head up. So we can see who's really upset about it and then call them terrorists. I mean, this is where we are. Um, And it's, it's cancel culture. Um, It's critical race theory. A lot of it has its roots in the, you know, cultural Marxism and political correctness, yes, political correctness movements. Um, But it's getting more dangerous. It's getting more dangerous. I mean, I I made an observation this week that the inevitable conclusion of cancel culture is what happened to Salman Rushdie. I mean, you got I mean, whether it's in the left wing form or whether it's in crazy Islamist mulocracy form. They're trying to shut us down. And and authoritarianism and cancel culture can come in a couple different colors. It's a couple different shades. So you got a guy jumping on Salman Rushdie with a knife. You had a guy jump at Lee Zeldin with a knife. He's running for governor of New York. You had a guy jump on stage in Los Angeles and attack Gabe Chappelle with a knife. All these people are trying to stop these three from speaking.
1: You know what, AJ, too, it's occurred to me. Um, recently, but I mean, I think it was always in my brain over the last couple of years since really the, the, well, I guess 2015, 2016 with the advent of Donald Trump, but certainly over the last like two to three years with the advent of COVID, that everything is on an accelerated basis, right? I mean, events... Are now happening, or at least appear to be happening, maybe because of social media and the way things are reported. But it does feel like big events have accelerated. And when I say big events, I just don't mean, you know, so, some international event that happened in France or something. I'm talking about international and domestic events. Big events, life-changing events for each of us, but also life-changing events for the life of the nation have come at us so fast and in such an accelerated and dangerous way that it is very, very difficult for the human brain to process. So people are literally losing it. Like, you know, so when you talk about violent acts as you just did, I mean, people are like losing, losing their minds here between COVID and the lockdowns and the vaccines and then Donald Trump and, and the left seizing control over everything. It is too much for people. It's just too much. So when you layer on top of that with what the left is doing, which is this full frontal assault to literally take control of the country, I think we're at a dangerous moment and people, you know, talk about civil war and this and that. I I don't know how it's going to end, but I think there's going to be a lot of destruction before we get to any kind of resolution.
0: I I couldn't agree more. I mean, they they're after pretty much all the outlets that keep the country healthy and sane. I mean, I there's a piece of the Atlantic about praying the rosary is, you know, white supremacy and praying the rosary is, you know, I mean, it's just, look, I always told people, they're not just going to stop at trying to remove a comedian or a TV show or, you know, cancel a radio host. I mean, trying to, attacking the rosary to me is no different than attacking the Taliban shooting RPGs at those Buddhist statues. I mean, that's where we're at. So yeah, you can come for, for General Lee and his horse Traveler in Charlottesville and you can pull that down. And I told people, look, once they pull the Confederate generals, they're going to pull the Union ones. Then they'll go back in time and pull, you know, the founding fathers. And they'll come forward in time and start pulling Grant and Teddy Roosevelt. And and here we are. uh, And they're trying to erase Donald Trump. And he's alive. He's not even a statue. He's a living statue on how to make America great again. And they're trying to pull him down. So and a lot of this is don't stick your head up. Don't pop up because we're here. We're watching you. It's a chilling effect. Don't speak this way. Don't go over there. Put that on your face. Inject that in your body. Uh, and look, Trump broke people. I mean, he Liz Cheney's broken. I mean, she's I used to communicate with Liz Cheney. I've yes, too. me too. I mean, yeah. These people are broken. And it's just, you know, when I was young, every time I went to the principal's office, I knew it was a good day because I knew my comedy was killing like, I was killing <laughs> that day. I was killing it that day. So when I see some of these people that are broken and I see and it, it makes me wonder what their, what their intentions were all along. Right. Like what were we living through with the Bush people and, and the Clinton people and the Obama people? I mean, obviously, Trump was kind of like, Uh, white blood cells flying towards an infection, right? Yes. I mean, I call him him in the book the the real vaccine America needed. And I believe he won because of trade and, and immigration, but also somebody finally came along and just rejected the premise of all this language, police, garbage, basically political correctness. He took a freaking Queens wrecking ball to this stuff. I've been waiting my whole life for a Republican like that, but the media doesn't want that. They want the docile genuflecting linguine spine, Mitt Romney version of conservatism. That's what they want, right? They want, they want George W. Bush gripping the podium cross-eyed and leaving, you know, that's. <laughs>
1: that's <what they> <laughs> yeah. And they, they want, they want Jeb exclamation point. Correct. So look, and anybody that, that is,
0: so when Andrew Jackson came along, you didn't just get Andrew Jackson; you got a bunch of Jacksonians, right? You got people that adopted yes, his
1: style, exactly. You got, you know,
0: people that adopted his stuff. So, like with DeSantis or Abbott, or you know, even people in the media like you and, and others—I mean, you—you you guys are going to have a target on your back now because, you know, the emperor has no clothes. You guys, you're—you're you're not editing yourself, you're not censoring yourself, and you're going after what is really damaging the culture and the country. So, I mean, that's, for me, that's the three reasons Trump won. And the Woking Dead, I mean, these are the inevitable people that rise up. They spin up. You got Black Lives Matter and the 1619 Project. It, it has many, you know, iterations. Um, the Me Too movement, right, which is, which, ironically has nothing to say about Biden's shenanigans, um, just Brett Kavanaugh's, Right. Right. So, I mean, we write We write a little bit about, about that in the book and how it, it's affected culture and even dating. Right. Even dating. We even talk about that. Like people don't want to People won't hit on each other anymore in the bar. You know, I
1: mean, well, well, and also if you get the significant other to your place, now you've got to ask for consent every step of the way. May I touch yeah. your boob? May I kiss yes. your lips? May I, you, you know, please,
0: <laughs> will you please sign? Excuse me, um, excuse me. Uh, this is a intercourse waiver. Would you
1: sign here, please? <laughs> it's killed romance. It's killed relationships. It's killed humor. And it's all by design because this is a neo-Marxist revolution and Marxists need you miserable, unhappy and poor in order to control you. So understand as AJ and I are talking about this and his new book is called The Woking Dead about the woke culture But it's all of a piece. It's all to get you to a a place where you have an equal share of misery and poverty, because if you do, then you're easily controllable.
0: Absolutely, it's the equal it's the equal distribution of misery. Really.
1: All right, so we um, just have another minute or so with you, AJ, and I've got to ask you about BDE um, because, and I will let oh, you yeah. you tell the audience what that is. But you know your point, and I've been making this point a million times. They didn't fear Trump's success. Uh, Rather, they didn't fear his failure. They feared his success because they knew if he succeeded, he would give rise to hundreds of America First candidates and leaders. And that's exactly what he's done. And one of them, Carrie Lake, who's running for governor in Arizona, uh, did a big Uh rally the other day and used the phrase BDE to describe both Trump and DeSantis. Can you tell us what that is? Because she's fighting back.
0: Absolutely. I, I, I was told that the the new name for your podcast is called Monica's BDE Experience.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's not bad. I might take that. She was,
0: uh, she was talking about BDE energies and BDE stands for big dick energy. Right. Okay. Basically what I was just talking about, the fact that guys like, like DeSantis and Trump and even women like her, like Lauren Boebert, I mean, there's, they're out there. I mean, Sarah Palin's the the godmother of BDE, right? Right. So I mean, she. So they're afraid of that, though. They don't want that. They don't want because that's toxic masculinity. Basically, BDE is the opposite of toxic masculinity, and it scares the hell out of the wimpy white soy boys that want to, you know, vote for Biden, but really secretly like Bernie Sanders.
1: You know, I <laughs> I let Carrie Lake know that she also has BDE, and, and she laughed at that, but 100%, but this is why, you know, Donald Trump, Carrie Lake, all of the America First candidates are out there pushing back against this destructive woke culture, and the Democrat communists, and the neo-Marxist revolution, and they're doing it fearlessly, as you are doing in this book. Everybody, go get it. It's not only smart and important, but it's also really funny. The book is called The Woking Dead, How Society's Vogue Virus Destroys Our Culture, and the author is my great friend, AJ Rice. AJ, thank you so much. I'm so proud of you.
0: Monica, I love you, sister. Thank you.
1: Love you, little bro. Bye. Bye. Okay, guys, what a show today, huh? Unbelievable show. <laughs> Time now for the Wednesday email bag. Send me an email. Let me know what's on your mind. Podcast at gmail.com. All right. John has something for the complaint department. And I know we haven't done that in a while, but send me your pet peeves. He writes, hi, how about this one? You send a message and ask more than one question. If they reply at all, they only respond to one of your questions so you email the unanswered question again hoping you don't end up in an endless loop waiting to resolve something enjoy your show <laughs> well thank you john and yes this is one of my pet peeves too i absolutely hate that you send a couple of questions and only one gets answered if they answer one at all how about when you send an email and you got like a bunch of questions and they're like hey monica great to hear from you how's it going And you're like, no, no, just answer my questions. So now you've got to resend the email or restate your questions and hope they answer the next time. It's so rude. I'm totally with you, John. It really tries my patience. Answer all questions in one email. All right, that's going to do it for me today. Thank you so much for being here with me. Have a great rest of your week, and I'm going to see you right back here on Friday. We've got a tremendous show on Friday. We're going to take apart Barack Obama and his role in all of this because he just skates. Nobody ever talks about him. Well, on Friday, we're gonna. And we're also going to have Marjorie Taylor Greene with us as well, which is going to be an absolutely blockbuster interview. So join us on Friday and every day here on the Monica Crowley Podcast. I'll see you then.
0: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you.